Hey, good morning to you and a happy Friday. Congratulations. You made it. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And uh, listen, some of you, I didn't think you were going to get here. Didn't think you were going to make it to the end of the week, but you have done it. Congratulations. One step at a time, right? Um, you know, when, when schools went back into in-person learning, one of the concerns was, well, are they going to stay open? What are going to be the metrics? There is... I, I don't know if I'm the only one, and, and again, I don't have kids in school, but even my friends that have kids in school have difficulty explaining, so what is the process? What is the plan? What is the testing protocols? And when do you send kids home or shut down a school? We're learning out in the suburbs, apparently it doesn't take very many kids. Well, and I don't know if this is a, if it's a district-wide um requirement if schools are just doing what they are doing individually it's so all over the place there's there's no way there, to really there is no no verify, always or never yeah, or I don't yeah know. i agree i mean a south suburban high school is now shutting down uh rich township high school um because two kids have covid well it's, it's the district it's actually two schools out there two schools and two kids have covid is mm-hmm. that right that's my understanding yeah, yeah. That I seems mean, but extreme. It seems ridiculous, but we must not know something. I mean, do they only have 50 kids? No. You know, I mean, it's... So, they're going to go back to remote learning. Uh, basically, go back to what things were, what, a year ago for them, I guess. Um, but it does go to highlight this shotgun, hodgepodge approach, if you will, and I'm just trying, I'm struggling because if there were some sort of parameters, if there was some sort of science behind it, at least I could like wrap my arms around and go, okay, okay, well, I understand what you're trying to do. But like you just pointed out. They're, I mean, they're- I, but the, the letter they sent home says, you know, based on guidance from the Illinois Department of Public Health, so... Perhaps in this case, two people have tested positive for COVID, but maybe they infected everyone at the school. Well, so here's what may be behind it. This comes from a mom. So I'm going to acknowledge right now this is a game of telephone. Okay. This is a, a student told mom and mom told everyone else. Mom says that her son plays on the football team on Rich Township. Okay. And that. He'd been part of, they had to get tested, a regular testing. And that he saw that one of his teammates had tested positive. Looked over the shoulder, saw somebody writing. So, okay, so that's, that's what he said. And then, even after there was a positive test, the kid who tested positive, the football player, was walking around school, was still attending class, hadn't been removed from the population and I wonder if that's at the root of, well, we have no idea then. How many people are affected? Uh, how long he was walking, what classrooms, the bathroom, the football locker room, et cetera. Maybe, you know, that's kind of the attitude they're taking is. But that goes to say, when you have a kid that tests positive, why isn't there a better plan in place to kind of remove them from the school population so that you're not shutting schools well, down. Well, but yeah, I believe there is a plan. We've heard about it over and over since schools open. You know, when they have a COVID case, 
a protocol goes into effect. I, I don't think we're getting the whole story here, and I'm reluctant to rely on moms. <laughs> Even though I, as a mom, I know we ran the school when it was open, when my kids went to school. That's what happens. The moms are in charge, believe me. But I, there does seem to be more to this story, right? I don't know why they would shut down two high schools with two cases of COVID unless they are aware that there was a problem with those cases of COVID, such as they were allowed or they didn't know they had COVID and they infected many, many people. Yeah. Or but, but potentially you don't know. Potentially, because yeah. you don't know that. And so now you've got to quarantine anyway. And if you're quarantining half the school, well, okay, might as well go back to remote learning. I mean, I think it's pretty severe. It sounds extreme. If you look at Chicago, a lot more kids, yeah. of course, but, that, but again, the, a lot the, more cases. Example, right? Yeah. And they're not shutting and they're down. And not, they're not sending them home. And, and, and certainly for the parents in the, uh, there, uh, their concern is... This is pretty abrupt. I mean, we had got, they had gotten back to some semblancy of normal, and now, you know, starting today, little Sally, little Johnny ain't going to school. You better make some adjustments. Yeah. Uh, what do you need to do differently? Uh, you know, uh, it throws everything you know up in the air again. Although we hear every day from parents who are screaming about that the school should be closed and they should be back to remote learning, so. Used to say people aren't happy that they're close. Maybe some, maybe some are. But at Do, ten o'clock at night, they get this. The you know an right. email. I mean, it's. By the way, school's closed tomorrow. Like yeah. it's worse it's than a snow school. day. It's not. At least you know snow's coming. Yeah. At least it's not grand. You know, uh, elementary school. Elementary where you'd have to make provisions like if you were working daycare, outside baby. the home, which most people mm, aren't. I don't know. There's some freshmen out there that are desperately <laughs> in need of. Uh, I wouldn't some leave supervision. my high school home alone, but yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I have no idea what's going to go on with that. Oh, I do have an idea. That's why. Um, <laughs> so they do require masks in these schools, and that—that's mm-hmm. a a blanket uh, state of Illinois thing, right? You have to wear a mask in school, and we're learning. Um, maybe we already knew it, but there's been some pushback. Do masks in school work? Yeah, there's, so there have been several studies. Uh, one in particular from Arizona found the odds of an outbreak three and a half times higher in learning environments without a mask requirement. So masks are mitigating breakouts in some way, shape, or form. According to these studies, correct. And they're studying, of course, southern states compared to northern states, probably, because a lot of the southern states don't require masks. Right. So you well you have you have a control. You have a you have the ability to look at this school versus this school in the same community, mm-hmm. one with masks, one without masks. And a lot of these studies though, it's masking with other mitigations. When you're masking and you're at least three feet apart. Uh you know Can can we get into the three to six foot thing for a second? No. <laughs> We've been there, done that. Is anybody that isn't even in in school? I mean, what short of having some sort of bubble, uh, three foot, uh, you know, curb feelers all the way around your body, some some huge ah. hoop skirt? How the hell are you preventing people from getting within three feet of you? It is ridiculous. Well, if you look at the pictures of classrooms around the country, they uh, the desks the are desks. farther apart. Yes, but the minute. A bell rings, everybody right. rushes for the door. They're not going, hold on, three foot. Okay, you can you go three foot. And no, I'm sure at go. home, too, you can't do it 24 hours. No but way. at least it's they impossible. are. I mean, you are sitting at your desk for most of the day, presumably. I wandered around a lot in class. Okay, well, that's well, have you seen the I'm video. sure you were in the you know, principal's office. I spent a lot of time but in the vice principal's office. You're in the classroom, so at least that's a, uh, it's a mitigation. Yeah. 
Well, Nick, they keep, is it the rich township that is showing that video of the kids that are just, didn't two schools get put together? And they keep showing this video of like, of like the hallway overcrowding. Like, Everybody's packed in the like, hallways. You mean two schools into one? Yeah, isn't it, is that Rich Township? That would seem to be the I'm dumbest sure. thing to do during COVID. But it's like yeah. they show the video and it looks like Disneyland on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Wall to wall kids. Well, just yeah, yeah, I mean, but, but you together. know, you know, you've seen the hallways before when all the the class the bell rings and everybody pours into the hallway. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And I mean, three feet apart, they're barely three inches apart. Yeah, you know. Bumping into one another, got to go to your locker. Do kids still have lockers? They do, oh, yeah. but they don't yeah. use them anymore. What do you mean they don't use them? My son would say, I just carry everything in my backpack because I don't have time. They have to three run. minutes mm-hmm. between class. What? Yeah, it's crazy now. So it's like a just, track meet. He had mm-hmm. to get from one end of the school to the other. No time to go to his locker. He had everything in his backpack. Really? Whole day of books and everything. And it takes you at least three minutes to either figure out how to open the damn lock, or you forget. You're, you're I forgot, like, you're, I know what my combination is, and it's it. not opening. It's not working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty standard. Yeah, why were you late? <laughs> it was in my locker. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, it took me eight tries to open the damn thing. So, uh, you know, again, this is the latest, at least coming out of um, one of the suburban high schools, and the concern is. These protocols and how you inform parents and what sort of CDC guidelines are they following? And it just appears to be a bit of a haphazard approach. And I'm not saying it's being done out of malice. I don't think they're being negligent about it. I just think there's a reality. There's a wish and a dream. And wouldn't it be nice if we could do this? And then, boy. Reality hits you hard, bro. You know, that, that the, the reality of a bunch of high school kids in a high school together throws your, the best plans out. You and know? so now we're back to square one, though. And I have no skin in this game, but the parents who say, couldn't you have just waited? And maybe they should have waited. Who, you know, should have, could have. The fact would've. is, we reopen schools and now we do have to live with that decision up to a point, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think there, it's still okay. There is, there's no, Horrible circumstance, even this one where they had to close two schools for yeah. two COVID cases. I think we're still doing okay when you and you judge a lot of it by Chicago because there are three hundred and you know sixty some thousand odd kids who go there. Oh, it's getting harder and harder to save money. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese, and maybe in the you know you, listen, the price of everything's going up. There's scarcity. We know all that. You hear those stories over and over again. But but maybe when it smacks you in the face. Maybe when you can't get away from it, it gets real. What do I mean? The dollar store (laughs) says we might have to raise the price of things. We're going to become the buck 25 store. They're not going to change the sign. (laughs) They're just going to charge you more for the things that were a dollar. Is everything in a dollar store a dollar? Is that a stupid question? So there's the dollar store, and then there's the Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree is not a dollar. But that is Dollar not. store. Why do they call it the Dollar Tree? Okay, that's a different thing. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so, the Dollar General, right? Dollar General, General Dollar Tree. There's, dollar tr- there's a hell of a lot of dollars out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's 99 cent store. Boom. We see your dollar. We'll lower you a penny. <laughs> yeah. But I know. I, so I got an idea. I got an idea. Ready? Ready? 98 cent store. Boom. What? Mm. Yep. Mm. Genius. Yeah. Right? Take that 99 cent store. Oh, I'll show them. So everything is a so dollar. What go, can you get in a dollar store? 
everything. Everything. I mean everything. Name something. Filet. Xbox. Like filet mignon. Okay. <laughs> you can't even get that at Macy's. So no. name something that you can get at the store. Like so, it's know. like it's like a, a, a light staples. bulb. Uh, you could probably get a sweatshirt. Um, and I take a it back. A dollar for a sweatshirt. I say no food, but they do have food there. Yeah, it's a lot of nice food. There. Yeah. What? It's pretty nice there. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. I'm Halloween decorations. I go with five makeup, bucks. I walk away with five things. Yeah. A plate. A plate. A wine glass. I mean, anything you need. They okay. Have. Yeah. Garden gnomes. Sunflower seeds, which is what I go there for. Garden, garden gnomes. gnomes. Of course you can get garden gnomes there. Well, because the everything is costing more. The, 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 uh, the Dollar Tree says, you know what? We're going to be moving on up. We gotta, we gotta start charging more for things. We can't do the everything's a dollar thing anymore. Buck twenty five, buck fifty for I'm things. I'm not paying a dollar. First of all, look at you. I am not paying a dollar twenty five for this no, wine glass. I'll point. go a dollar max. No, I, I won't. It's kind of like when I go to um, Goodwill sometimes, and they'll have a plate there for three dollars, and I'm like, I can get a brand new plate at the dollar store for a dollar. I look at prices. I know you guys don't, but I do. No. no. And here's the thing. Most things at the dollar store are worth a dollar. Yeah. You're getting you're getting what you yeah. pay for. But yeah. let me tell you the number one thing no. I will never, ever no. again pay more than a dollar for. Okay, what is that? It's a greeting card. Greeting card. Oh, man. no. Oh. I, I, so like, well, that makes sense. Go try to buy. They're like oh, five it, bucks oh, for yes. a birthday it's card. Like Seven dollars for a, a wedding card. And wedding by the way, you can never card? figure out how much it costs. It doesn't say right on it. You got to go spit up, scan it, and like, well, hey, whoa. No, it says it right That's on it. That's more than the present. You have to look in the back of the card. It's I don't there. know where to look. For yeah, this, and it so. says USA, yeah. and then it says Canadian price usually. Anyway, I'd yeah, like uh, if you price. buy a wedding um, card, it's like unbelievable. Well, because so it has I wedding to, yeah. or baby on it. I'm sure and, they charge And more. I know the dollar store card looks like a dollar. I don't care. It's it looks card. like a dollar store card? Well, I mean, it's not as it's not as elaborate as some cards. Doesn't have know? glitter? Yeah, it yes. doesn't have glitter. You don't open it and the bride and groom pop out. Okay. Thank you. It's yeah. worth it. You know, if you're on the right, on the go and you need a card, just go to Dollar Tree. Yeah. The brand okay. is Malmark. There's all these dollar store. There's Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar Store, and apparently a lot of them are struggling. Yeah, so Dollar Tree is the of. one that sells almost everything, and some things you can get for like two for a dollar, but nothing's over a dollar. Well, as far as I know, allegedly Today, tomorrow it could be a dollar twenty-five. Well, <laughs> okay, so how much would you spend then, knowing that you're not going to get this at any dollar store, on a pair of why do we call it a pair? On a set of sweats, sweatpants and a hoodie. Okay, so think about that: sweatpants and a hoodie. Twenty-five, from, thirty bucks from, from Arby's. Hold on, oh Arby's, Arby's that smells like smokehouse. Oh, good lord! Oh. they're I called to, smoked. I want to be paid sweats. to wear those smoked sweats. smoked sweats. They are. Hand smoked by real pit masters. You can do this just by having a barbecue in your backyard. You stand there yeah, long right. enough, your clothes oh, yeah. start to smell like it, right? Yeah. No, these are the smoked sweats. You can purchase them at arbyssmokedsweats.com. <laughs> what do you want? Like animals following you? Possibly oh, you biting dogs you? Dogs following you, huh? Hoodies, hoodies are 65 and the sweatpants are 50 bucks. And you can smell like an Arby's, apparently. Why? 
Okay. Yeah, would, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Would anybody? I, listen, I didn't say I, it was a good idea. You, does anyone eat at Arby's? I, here, Why not White Castle? Okay, so oh, yeah, I'm now White Castle, I might consider. So right. I can tell you that we used to do the Fat Man's Tour of America, and uh, this was where, if you had the option, you would go and buy specifically the one item that each fast food place was famous for that you like. So okay. let me give you an example. We go through the McDonald's drive-through. I say we, my fat friends. So we go to the McDonald's drive-thru, and we order nothing but fries. We're going to need like four or five large fries. Just pour them all in the back, okay? Boom. Drive down the street. We go to the Wendy's. Okay? We'd like uh, some double-doubles. Okay? Let's get the hamburgers, little square hamburgers. Boom. Throw in a bag of those. Then we'd go to the Arby's, and we'd get the Jamocha shake. Yes. Uh, listen. Yeah. I'm convinced they put crack in it because it is that addictive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then you could sit down with your McDonald's fries, your Arby's hamburger, and your Arby's Jamocha shake. Fat Man's Tour of America. Love it. That's the way I looked at it. Love it. Mm. Yeah. You can change it up now. You can go do White Castle here. Even, you can do that. I didn't even know Arby's had shakes. Oh, oh the, yeah. The, the Jamocha shake. All I know is one time I went to Arby's and the meat looked not real. Was it Rom's Finger? <laughs> in your sandwich? Oh, was it at Arby's? I thought it was a. I saw, yes. I it was the no, jewel. Yeah, he's got that. At Arby's, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm saying Arby's. There's that. Probably, I think about that every time I go. Horrifically no, disgusting. But the meat is just. I don't. Is it real meat? Is it. It it's contains so meat. Overly it's meat based. Pro- okay. Mystery meat. Mystery yeah. meat. Congratulations if you can guess what it is. No. I would do the McDonald's fries. McDonald's fries. Taco Supreme from Taco, Taco Bell. Taco Supreme, okay. And the mm. Wendy's chili, so you can dip Ooh. the fries in the chili. Boom, the trifecta. Dip the McDonald's fries yeah. in the Wendy's chili. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Your stomach yeah. is going to hurt. You just blew that. my mind. No, no, food would never hurt me. No. Food would not hurt me. But food is Taco my friend. Taco Bell with the Wendy's chili? Yes. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Good luck. I think cheese is onto something. Yeah. yeah. So don't just take what they're I offering. I think you guys you. eat go, fast food way too much. Go where you want to get what you want. Don't, don't you know? You don't have to do that. I think that's the way to do it. It's the way to go about it, if you will. Hey, there's still time for our uh, criminal of the day, and I got to give a shout out to a Houston driver ah. who just wanted to get a jump on Halloween. Right. <laughs> Allegedly. The man was spotted by a Harris County deputy in the carpool lane with an unusual passenger. In an effort to achieve the two or more requirement to speed past traffic in the HOV lane, the still unidentified Texan had placed a full-size Halloween skeleton in the passenger seat. In what may be the laziest effort to to disguise his travel buddy, he placed a baseball cap on its head. <laughs> That'll fool him. <laughs> to his credit, though, the skeleton was wearing its seatbelt. So at least he avoided that ticket, right? The driver claimed he just, quote, really liked Halloween and wasn't paying attention to the signs as he drove along the HOV lane. Listen, that lie alone deserves a good tasing. But instead, he was cited, released, and blended back into the bumper-to-bumper traffic, all right? So for buckling in and disguising a holiday decoration to cut your commute time, you, Houstonian, hope I got that part right, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent or found guilty in a court of law. No matter how crazy they are, all right? <laughs> Six o'clock hour. We're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Cheese, start us off. Well, today is October 1st. Yes. So you can officially now start putting up your Hall- Halloween decorations and not look like the idiot that did it way too soon. Just letting you know. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, is thanks, that your rule? Thanks for that. Yeah. Is that your rule? Because uh, <laughs> are there the Halloween police out there? I seem to have offended Nick, I, I take it. Mm-hmm. A I'm new sorry, experimental pill could cut the risk of death from COVID in half. Merck is asking for emergency use. The Super Bowl halftime show has been announced, and it's going to be lit. How did I do, Miranda? Is that the way I should? Okay, just double-checking. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg will play the halftime show when the uh, Super Bowl is played in Los Angeles at the brand-new stadium Yeah, this coming February. All right? Well, I wish it was I'm more go of a variety. That. I mean, how I'm many bands is that? Go to that. Fifteen? Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg. One, two, three, four. It's five. Oh, okay. Let's go with that. Nice. Um, so I remember a few months ago, we talked about the city of Chicago had set a crap record. Okay. The crap record was carjackings. Remember that? There have been more carjackings in the month than there had been the previous year, right? It's just a horrible, um, record to set. Well, We've set another record. As of yesterday, there have been 185 expressway shootings. If you go back one year, exactly one year year to date, there were 83 the year before. For only a total of 128. So we've exceeded last year's total. And by the way, we're three times what it was just three, four years ago. This has become the norm, sadly. These expressway shootings. And I... What can you do about these? Because well, I mean, we know shootings in general are, are way up, so... I guess it would stand to reason there would be more on the expressways. I, you know, I've said I take the Eisenhower. I never see, very rarely, do I see um, Illinois State Police. So Illinois State Police. You mean see them, but well, sitting there? Yeah. That's because they're driving around. They don't sit there. Okay. I don't see them driving around. I used to see them all the time, and they do sit there sometimes. Anyway, I they because Illinois State Police, not Chicago Police, patrol the expressways mm-hmm. um, now. So because now they're announcing that they're going to be pulling people, uh, troopers from other areas, and bringing them to Chicago. You could certainly make an argument right. that there but is I'm a saying, need for that. I used to see them all the time. I, I hardly ever see. What about you, Cheese? You know, I, yeah. I it's something I noticed when I started working here since I was taking the Eisenhower again that I just don't see them. I think all. I see a lot more undercover cops in unmarked cars. Well, that's good. Mm. Eh, not when you're going 80 down. Yeah. Right, but I mean, it's good when <laughs> someone wants to open fire on the expressway. Then that's a good thing, I think. Right. that. Do you feel less safe on the on the expressways? Have you noticed what I want to, I guess, agitation, uh, rage, if you will? I'm assuming that's behind a lot of this. 312-591-8900. Rob in Evergreen Park, what are you noticing out there? Um, you know, I, Bruce, I always look at it like I got one job in my life, protect my children. Oh. And so whenever I'm in, like, I don't take my kids in bad areas. I don't take them in, you know, I always, I'm always conscious of my environment. Smart. But when you're in a car on an expressway traveling through a city, you have no protection. It's like, it's horrifying. And when you say 
that city is violent. Like you got shot on Express or you didn't see it coming. It's horrifying, honestly. I mean, that's right, because scary. not all of these are so arbitrary. Yeah, not all of these are. You cut somebody off or you flipped them off. You know, I mean, no, most of them are not that. Some most of these of them are. are I, did, I didn't even know shootings. But guess what? You happen to be driving by and yeah. you get shot instead. I mean, but these are the expressways, Rob. It's not like you got off in the bad part of town, you know, and you you got lost, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I made a left turn where the car was on fire in somebody's front yard. That's a bad neighborhood, right? But these things are deriving from something on social media to a neighborhood to an off ramp to an expressway. Yeah. Yeah, but the numbers are staggering, all. though. I mean, they really are. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. I mean, they are huge. When you talk, again, 185 year-to-date expressway shootings in, in the Chicago yeah, area. Yeah, and don't think they're all on, you know, the Eisenhower or the Dan Ryan. They are on all the expressways. The Edens, the Kennedy, the Stevenson, in every two, expressway. In 2018, there were 43. Now, I'm not saying 43 is a good number, but 43... Is a hell of a lot less than 185. This isn't just a small incremental increase. Something fundamentally changed where the expressways are now the the go-to place for shootings. Again, I think it's just what changed is everyone's opening fire anywhere. On Lakeshore Drive, downtown, having a shootout. I mean, I think it... That's what's changing. It's not that it's the expressways specifically. It's everywhere. There, people but we haven't shooting. seen a rise in shootings of a similar number, so I, I don't buy that. There but is something we, unique about seen, the expressway. We've never seen shootings on Lakeshore Drive, and all of a sudden now they're shooting. You know, we don't see shootings generally in nice neighborhoods downtown. Now we do. So the uh, Illinois State Police is installing, uh, they say, license plate readers are going to be part of it, uh, where they're going to try to identify... <laughs> At They'll least. identify the stolen car. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. I mean, many gonna... times it's a stolen car. Involved. Well, you and because you say that, but did you? Okay, so you take that. We come off the expressways. We get onto the city streets. Did you see the the video of the Fulton River District of Milwaukee Ave? So there is a. We had that shooting at what four forty five in the afternoon. Cars speeding along, hanging out of the window, seen out of a movie, shooting at people. This is a, there's a guy, there's always a guy, and he's sitting on the side of the road. He's sitting on Milwaukee. He's got a dash cam video, and you can listen to the audio of this, and this running gun battle is coming towards him. They actually, there's traffic, so they're driving the wrong side of the way down the road, and they drive past him, and this is what it sounded like. That's as the cars drove past him. You hear the gunshots. He also said, and this was new information, one person was hanging out of, uh, what did he say, the passenger side rear window, shooting at the vehicle, and another person was videotaping it, and he said, not with a cell phone, with an actual camera, like I mean, a video inside camera. The car, guys? No, hanging out. Yeah. Oh, hanging out. I mean, one of the perpetrators was video. Is videoing it, the other wow. one's shooting. This is what I mean about That's crazy. It's this has never before happened. That that kind of thing just did not happen now. And it was broad daylight. Four forty five in the afternoon. Wow. Four forty five. Rush hour, for lack of better terms. And and in that video there's people walking down the sidewalk yeah. and you can see like that first he, this is a um, 
a tip, I guess I would say. And it's something that when you have cop friends, you pick up on on cop sense. All right. Yeah. So more than one of my cop friends have said this because in the video you see the shots fire and you see a woman who's walking on the sidewalk and she doesn't react right away. She's looking around, kind of wondering what it is. And then she figures it out and she starts booking it. You know, she's trying to run and get in a doorway. When you hear something that sounds like gunshots, this is what cops will tell you. Assume it's gunshots and work backwards. Don't assume it's a car backfiring. It's fireworks. No, it's gunshots. Assume the worst and go backwards from that. That is a a smart tip. And these days, if you do not assume it's anything other than than gunshots. Assume that. Sadly. Right? Yeah. But the cops cops will tell you that, too. They hear that and they go, no, people don't fire off fireworks at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. No, they're shooting guns. Do not assume. Cars don't backfire. That's not a thing. A gunshot sounds like a gunshot. And assume it is a gunshot. Wow. Just a, a, amazing and, and sad numbers that we do. And a good morning. Happy Friday. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. So this this vaccine mandate for the city of Chicago, are they waffling already? Are we backing off on it? Because the way it had been pitched was today was the day. It is a, a deadline. You get your last shot or your Johnson & Johnson your right. first shot. Because you must be fully vaccinated by October 15th, and the shot takes two weeks to be uh, fully effective, mm-hmm. so therefore that's why we're at October 1st. Okay, so that's how we got to Friday, October 1st. By the way, today's Friday, October 1st, in case that's just news ah. to anybody. Can't believe it's October. Um, But now we're hearing there may be well, maybe it's not as, as, as big a line in the sand as we heard initially, Judy. Well, yeah, now we're hearing that um, those who aren't vaccinated will have to be tested but we don't know the specifics of the testing, which I hadn't even heard that they were going to test them. Hmm? So that doesn't sound like you're fired if you don't. You, I was going to say uh, it, it's it's relatively vague in there because the way it had been pitched originally was they were prepared. Yet you show us your vaccination by or the fifteenth. You are an ex employee. Yeah, that doesn't sound like what's happening now. At least not to me says these negotiations have been pending since the mayor first announced the vaccination requirement for city workers in late August. Hmm. Last week, the city formally requested employees begin submitting their proof of vaccination. Well, we know there's been pushback from the cops, right? What about the the labor unions? Like, Judy, would it be Ask Me? Uh, No, the AFLC... the Chicago Federation of Labor. That's like okay. the umbrella over all of them. So, but, you know, only the police union is really pushing it. None of the mm. other unions apparently are that interested in well, and, and, doing and, so. And John Catanzaro, the president of uh, um, the police union, mm-hmm. said just that. He said that while they are against the mandate, they plan on standing up to it. Other unions didn't want to participate with him. Other unions didn't want to go along with him, join together to the point that he labeled the other unions a bunch of cowards. Yeah, he's a great guy, <laughs> isn't he? Well, yeah. But but so that leads me to think that these other unions are saying, yeah, we're not, like I told you, that one of the airline pilots won and some of these unions, 
like they're standing up for their union members, but they're not willing to die yeah. on that hill. They're, yeah. they're, this is not something that they're going down over. You know, we're not going on strike not over this. Up straight. They're well, half bent because over. I, I, yeah. Because I think they also realize they probably wouldn't have a lot of public support. Right. They probably it's it's not a winning issue. And I think we we oftentimes forget to talk about the people like who work there as well. You know, say the hospital, whatever. Okay. They they might most of them might be vaccinated. They might be the ones to saying, you know what? I don't want to work here if everyone isn't vaccinated. It's not just, you know, I think we forget about that group of people, too. The vaccinated in company who are going back to work, who are like, yeah, if we're if I'm vaccinated, I want everyone else to be vaccinated. I know that's going to upset a lot of non-vaccinated people, but I'm just saying that's one more group Mm -hmm. that you have to consider when you have a company. I think the companies or the city or the organization or the department, whatever it might be, are still concerned about liability in that sense, too, of allowing a quote-unquote unvaccinated person to permeate their office, their warehouse, whatever, and other people get sick or they die, and it's your fault. Right, I bring it up specifically for the legal end of it that, yeah, if these vaccinated people get sick because someone else wasn't vaccinated, who's liable? The company. So it, it seems that when push comes to shove, though, when push comes to shove, People are giving in. We heard the story of United Airlines. Ninety nine percent again. What they they ended up seven thousand employees in the U.S. Yeah, about two hundred ended up not getting vaccinated. Minuscule, huge number. Yeah, I mean, huge number of people who got vaccinated. Minuscule. Here's a North Carolina hospital system fired just fired one hundred and seventy five employees who failed to follow the vaccine rule. Ninety nine percent of their workers. Complied. Yeah, they have 35,000 employees nationwide. They're called, uh, um, uh, it starts with an N, Novant, Novant. Health. Yeah. Uh, and so, but they're saying is, hey, there was a lot of pushback. We're not going to do it. At the and end of the day. They did so, so here's the only thing I'll say about this. And, and it's kind of one of these things you, you hear before. When you hear the people squealing like stuck pigs about having to get the vaccine or losing their job, keep in mind. That in all the instances we've had so far, this is one to two percent. This is not the majority of employees. They're just a very, very loud, very, very small minority. They are being held up as examples of standing up against this, but they're not the majority of employees by any stretch of the imagination. That when given the the choice, it's well into the 90% of people say, I will keep my job and get vaccinated. Right. And I, because we, we had been talking a lot about the nurses as a group, right? We know if law enforcement doesn't get vaccinated um, a lot. You know, they have big numbers that don't. Same with nurses. But now, day after day, we're seeing at these healthcare facilities that people, it's 99%. So I guess the nurses are getting vaccinated rather than stand on their principles and not work. Have you experienced a a ghost or what you thought was a ghost? It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And yes to that question, too. I uh, um, I had a, um, an experience, and I'm, I, I am a skeptic by nature. I only believe things I can see, touch, smell, and hear. Yeah. Um, I visited the grave of a friend of mine, and was overcome by an emotion, overcome by what felt like a a spirit. Um, It was a cold day. I suddenly got very warm. Um, 
and I felt they were hugging you a presence, mm-hmm. and I, 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 it, it was very real. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I didn't go there expecting that. I went there to pay my respects. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, I was there with his mother, uh, and his mom said, "Oh," and she said it matter of factly. She goes, "Charlie's here with us," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Like for that, it got real for me, right? So, can you tell the difference, or is there a difference between ghosts and loved ones who have passed on? Joining us right now is psychic Nancy Mello. Nancy, good morning. What do you think of my story? I think it was definitely your friend giving you a nice warm hug and good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, it certainly felt like it. And I never had that experience. I don't go looking for it. And I'm going to be honest with you, Nancy. I don't know how much I buy into psychics, but I am willing to be converted, if you will. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. So, you know, and and not just because I think it's interesting. Is there a difference between a ghost and... Uh, a spirit, a presence of a loved one uh, who has passed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. So, like, what what happens is we we get signs, and I totally get your skepticism. I I believe in science. I also believe things that I can see and hear. I've always had these abilities as a medium, but I freaking ran the other way. It was. One of those things where you're like, what the hell am I hearing? Wow. So I totally get you. And for me, I everything I tell you hopefully should be proven. That's what I tell people every single session I do is that I don't, you know, I try not to get into too much esoterical stuff, although we're going to talk about esoterical stuff right now, mm-hmm. because it is really hard when you get a feeling. So loved ones, when they come around you, it's going to be a good feeling. Or let's say you have a dream of a loved one and you just wake up and you feel warm and you feel just safe, that's definitely them. That's their presence. Now, you can't really explain it, right? Now, if you look at scientific research around kind of this stuff, they will say that in certain, certain situations, you know, your, your, maybe your heart rate increases or, you know, you do start to feel warm. Now, can we prove that's a loved one? Well, I mean, then we'd have to try and, you know, study the energy and everything, which I'm totally down for. Like, let's get <laughs> science in there. So I'm all about it. Like, let's study it. So the difference between a loved one and a ghost, though, have you guys ever been to, like, an old, you know, kind of place or old, like, kind of rundown place, and you walk in, and you just kind of shudder, and you go, what the hell is that? Have other people experienced that? The heebie-jeebies? Yeah, just the heebie-jeebies where you just, like, your skin crawls. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, where the hell am I? Now, that's more of a ghost presence. So ghosts or what I call earthbounds, right, they want to scare you. They want to get a reaction from you. So I was in high school, and I was I was studying in my bedroom, and it overlooked the back door of our house. And I swear to you, for eight hours straight, and I'm not even kidding you, the door slammed over and over again. There was no wind that day, and just bam, bam, bam. And I just kind of looked at it, and I ignored it. Because I ignored it, it didn't ever happen again after that day. But ghosts want a reaction from you. Really? It sounds like they just want to have fun. Ghosts just want to have fun? They want to annoy you. You know, they want to get your attention. Where a loved one is like, look, I'm here. And it depends on the personality of a loved one, right? I had a client that had a jokester of a father. And he would mess with her a little bit. But that was his personality. But a ghost is going to want to just be like, boom, like literally 
boom, like I'm here. Ghosts like to mess around. They'll move stuff. I once was in a haunted hotel in Arkansas, mm -hmm. and I kid you not, I put stuff on the on the bed. I came back with some guests, and literally all my stuff was on the bed, and it was like stockings and stuff. I was like 18. I was like, I don't want to show people my underwear, and all of a sudden that was on the bed. But that's what they'll do. Ghosts will mess with you because they want to be noticed. Now, the thing is, is usually when, when something scares you like that, you're going to be like, ah, you know, you're going to get this, this very visceral reaction, yeah. and you're going to, you, you know, and that's what they want, and so that's what they'll continue. So when I work with ghosts and people, and especially, I, I live in Connecticut. I love, I've worked in Chicago a few times, but when I live in Connecticut, we have these old homes out here, and I get calls all the time from people where they just have people, ghosts, earthbounds that are still hanging around, and they're going to throw books around. There's, those are the sounds of the stomping the feet on, in the attic or, you know, again, the slamming of the doors. Whereas your loved ones, it's going to be a real kind of gentle, sweet feeling. You're never going to feel like there's something uneasy. So I always say with people, trust your gut. If something happens, if something all of a sudden, you know, the TV turns on and you just get a creepy feeling, trust it. But then if, 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 if you really feel like it's bad, ignore it because the more you pay attention to it the more they're going to come around because they want to mess with you they like you said, they want to have fun we're speaking to uh psychic medium nancy mellow i it, what it sounds like to me and also what you're saying is you have to kind of be aware i'm sure i've been in situations before where i brushed it off as i discounted it as something it's the wind yeah. you know or whatever like you have yeah. to be at least present enough to understand that there's something out of the norm it strikes me Hundred percent, and even like myself personally, like I tell people, I'm not psychic twenty four hours a day. Like so, I there will be times where something will happen, and I just I'm like, nope, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> well, even you need a day off, right? You can't work twenty four seven. Nope, not so today. I will tell you. I will tell you. One time, I was getting out of the shower, and my husband is a big tech nerd, and all of a sudden, my TV in the bath. I, I came out of the shower. The TV in the um, in our bedroom turned on, and it went on like. Um, I think, what's that song, If You Think I'm Sexy? Yes. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Scott. And it was him. He was messing with it. And I'm like, you can't do that to a psychic. <laughs> Not to a psychic. <laughs> and, you know, I have had so many. I even thought about it. Yeah, I have had so many of those incidents. And especially, and I know this is a relative, when I lose something, I look everywhere. Everywhere. And then, oh, lo and behold, there it is right in front of me. Every time. So you think somebody's moving oh, things around? Oh, I know someone is moving because, like Nancy, yeah. I am in tune to it. I I don't ignore yeah. it. That's what people do. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to believe it, so they uh -huh. do. And so I want yeah. to ask you though, what what makes a ghost? Who's a ghost and who's just you know a relative? That's I mean, who are these ghost people? Why are they so mad? Yeah. So <laughs> ghosts. Well, because they don't either. They don't know they they're dead or they don't want to be dead. So, and, and if you like your research with like Edgar Casey, Sylvia Brown, they'll say the same thing. Ghosts either die in really, really tragic circumstances. Like if, if going to Plymouth, Plymouth Mass is a freaking huge experience um, because you'll get a lot of just that energy. So they don't know they're dead or they, they, they're, they're, they don't, they're afraid to cross over for whatever reason. And loved ones have already crossed over. They are safe and sound and they're just letting you know we're around. So like that hug in the graveyard from Charlie, he's like, I love you, man. Like I'm here. Right. It didn't scare you. It was that no. love comforting hug. 
Now, the person messing with you in your house, that's, I feel like as a grandmother, grandfather, that's someone that was just kind of a, a, a jokester in your family. I can feel some kind of, I feel like it's a feminine energy, a grandma for you. But it's just someone messing around. It's just, it's just, it's just a loved one, though. But a ghost is going to be someone that does not know their dad, and they, they're pissed, they're, they're mad. They're, they're frustrated, and so they are trying to get any reaction they can. Wow. So, for instance, again, you'll have someone that's been gone a long time, and if you start noticing them, and, and let's say they, they start moving things around, and you start going, stop it, stop it. Well, of course they're going to keep going. <sighs> You're finally giving them attention, and they've been ignored for 100, 200 years. So, of course, they're going to keep doing it and increase their activity. But my, my best advice for someone that thinks they have a ghost in their home is just ignore it. Okay. Don't give them the time of day. Don't give them that energy back because that's what they want. They want you to interact with them because they, they've been dead. Like, they don't, you know, they have, no one's talking to them. No one's seeing them. <laughs> no one's talking to them. They're like, hey, hey, no, no. I mean, it's... Okay. It's sad, really. Uh, so, yeah, Nancy, ignore it. thank you so very much. This is great advice yeah. for a lot of folks. We really appreciate it. She's psychic medium Nancy Mello. You can find her at nancymello.com. Uh, the difference between ghosts and a, a dead relative. And it's funny that she said, in my case, she thinks it's my grandmother because that's who I always believe it is. Yeah, really. And doesn't, isn't messing with me. You didn't tell She's her that before we started it for this? Me. Uh-uh. Nope. She's finding it for okay, me, though. I don't weird. ever believe Isn't my grandmother's that yeah. grandmother and then No, it's not weird. You need it's to go to a weird. psychic. I've been many times. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll consider it. Nancy has a lot of energy. Maybe I'm going to Nancy. Does, yeah. right? I oh. love bingo. Really? Yes. Who doesn't? Apparently, uh. it is back with a, a vengeance, if you will. Uh, bingo. Church bingo is getting so popular that... Lines are forming. <laughs> you got to get there two hours before. How about this? The jackpot at a New Jersey church was $4,056. Ooh, baby. Get out. But you, you bingo players are got some sharp elbows, are get, getting mad, you know, when somebody gets, you know, bingo N63 or whatever. That they've had to hire bouncers ah. to keep what I can only assume is a group of grandmas from stabbing each other with knitting needles. Mm-hmm. Well, you that's, know, they, my vi- that's what I envision. They, of course, have rules. So you, you don't like have there so many rules? cards, maybe. or Well, that's why I think people are getting upset. Like, know? I don't know the rules to bingo. There are very few, except you got to put, you know, cover up the number that they call. That's the rule. You have the and little, you you have a, don't you have bingo! like little... Dauber. Some people come, what is it? Dauber. Dauber. A Dauber. And they have oh. different colored ones and they, they. All right. My mom was a bingo queen. A bingo I queen. Did you not? I think it's like was a job for her, really. Oh, yeah. Okay. Before she died. Well, you win four grand. That's so, a hell of a job. But here's here's my bingo stories. Okay. So I play bingo here and there. I ever try to go to a fest or something, if there is, it's always the church. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go play a couple because I, oh, I win a lot. So the first time I go to bingo with my mom. Okay. Hold on a second. You say, I win a lot. Like you have a strategy for bingo? No, there is no strategy, is lucky. there? No, that's like saying not. when people say, yeah, "Like, no. oh, okay, I thought you were going to give me the." No, I've no, heard no, people no, say no, before, no, no, no. "I play scratcher cards." Here's, I have a strategy for yeah, it. No, 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 no you don't. There's no strategy yeah, for scratcher absolutely cards. Absolutely not. No, total, <laughs> total chance. But I go to this this bingo hall, which I didn't even know existed near my house, which she knew about, and she, of course didn't, she did. didn't even live around my house. She's first thing basis. We go there, and it was like, "Wow, this is kind of cool." And she had everything. You want to talk about daubers, man? She had every color. She had a whole bingo purse thing. Bag. She put right. out the little they, lucky they roll in with like a, yeah, 
Oh, the yeah. Lucky oh, Charms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like Lucky Things, yeah. Yeah. So, sure enough, I first jackpot I went, and we, of course, did Splitty Splitty, which I'm so mad about. Oh. So, as I won right on my first car. I was like, I love bingo. And then, since then, every time I play here and there, not every time, a lot of times, and sometimes those pots, that first one I won, $500. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Wow. They say, this, they say, there's pent up demand for bingo. <laughs> Words I never thought I'd say out loud. Yeah, you know, it's a very social thing, too. Um, yeah. And it's 62 easy. people were in line at the church parking lot two hours before they opened the doors. Oh, good Lord. Getting ready to play. So, okay, so we I haven't have a had theory. bingo in a while. It's, yeah. I have a theory okay. behind this. So, I've seen this with music. Okay, follow me on this. When things are uncertain, economic downturns, right? People are, you could argue that you know, a lot of people are feeling very uncertain. They're unsure. They, they, they have difficulty planning the future. They don't know what tomorrow will hold, right? It's a pretty common feeling with a lot of folks. You go to things that you know. You go to things that remind you of a better time, an easier time. And so we see that in the world of music where you'll see like, you know, classic rock will, will take a, take a rise when there's difficult times. Oldies will go up. People will, will search out that music because, oh God, it was so much better when, yeah. boom, mm-hmm, 1994, yeah. so 1983, yeah. whatever it was, you know, it was, and things were so much better and that music can do it. And I wonder if like along those lines, Bingo. Absolutely. Takes back. So, is roller skating the same? All right, I don't get roller skating, but okay. Really? Roller skating I, I, I is was... back with a vengeance as well. Unbelievable. They're saying that roller skating plays, they're having roller skating events and whatnot. The only time I see somebody roller skating is Venice Beach. <laughs> I will tell yeah. you, I see a lot more young people on rollerblades. I have roller noticed skates. that too. So, but you know, it's the same thing. You're skating. I, I over COVID because I live across you from a park. I mean, a lot more people. Mm. Now, I we have. Do, in do Chicago, you have a collection of roller skate roller skate keys? I bet you of the do. Keys? I don't, but man, you, I wish okay. I did. Don't get her started. She's going to start googling. I have, I have <laughs> used old that. roller skates in my upcycle. Well, I got a brand new pair yeah. of roller skates. Oh, jeez. You got a brand new So we had, brand new we had the hub here. Uh, Nick, did you go to the hub? Although you had something no, in Glenview. Didn't you have the, uh, what was that called in Glenview? I've been there. I, I went there when my kids were. Well, OLPH, I think we had a, a roller No, there was a roller there. skating rink. I had a place called Skate Country. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Nice. It was called Skate Country. And it was a roller skating rink. You know, it was an oval, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm still laughing at that title. It should be, although it should be Bingo Country. That'd okay, be- well, I don't know yeah. if they thought about adding Bingo to skating because well, that seems to be yeah. that seems to be oh like it'd be gosh, really difficult yeah. to skate along no, with your dobber every time they go. Bing, I gotta skate across <laughs> and I gotta dob the thing while I'm going by. That's like roller invite, derby for God's sakes. No, I like it. I I'd prefer roller derby to that. Roller bingo. Honestly, roller Bingo. There you go. Take two popular things, put them. Together, right? And a happy Friday. We're going to jump into the 7 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Judy will kick us off. 
A new experimental pill. Could it cut uh, the risk of death from COVID in half? Merck says it can, asking for emergency use. Bruce? We don't know who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl in February, but we do know the halftime entertainment. The game in Los Angeles will will feature some very L.A.-centric people. How about 43 Grammys, 19 number one albums, Five artists on one stage. Are you ready for Snoop, Mary J, Kendrick, Lamar, Dr. Dre, and Eminem? That's hey. going to be the jump off. Yeah. Well, Jeez. if you happen to be in Charlotte last night, hanging out at the Thirsty Beaver. and That's you where I go. Thought it, you look like, that guy looks like Mick Jagger. Nah, it can't be Mick Jagger. guy with an English accent. Yeah, it can't be Mick Jagger. Well, it was Mick Jagger hanging out at a dive bar <laughs> drinking a beer oh. after the Stone Show last night. One How day. cool is that? I That's know, like one right? of those things where, where you, 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 that guy looks just like Mick Jagger. You know, in your mind, you're like, it's not. But, yeah, but no, it was. Yeah. The guy that looked like Mick Jagger at the bar, that was Mick Jagger. That was pretty cool. So the, um, listen, the Boy Scouts of America have been involved in litigation for a while now regarding the literally thousands of sexual abuse cases that came out of it. We've got a, a Chicago attorney here, by the way, who is going to help us understand a little bit more about this this settlement because the numbers sound pretty darn big. Uh, Christopher Hurley is an attorney, and help me understand what's going on with this eight hundred and fifty million dollars. That sounds like a huge payout. Yeah. Um, hi. Uh, it's uh, it's about the worst settlement uh, for sexual abuse case of this type that that has ever uh, been proposed you know it really works out to about nineteen thousand dollars per victim whoa and to put that into context uh we're talking about um young young boys that right. were molested by their scout master you know when they're nine ten years old and some of the worst ways you can imagine um you know our office is uh, tried cases or we've, we've settled cases, you know, in the millions of dollars for these types of victims because it's a horrendous thing to go through. And it's the, the proposed settlement is grossly inadequate. Why is that? Who negotiated yeah, this? Who... Well, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, you know, we've got a number of different uh, entities buying for uh, making this transaction happen. It starts with the Boy Scouts of America. Then they've got local councils. Then we've got charter organizations, which are the the organizations on the ground that the scouts use to support their troops. And then we've got insurance companies. So the Boy Scouts of America, if this deal goes through, which uh, we are recommending to our clients that they vote against it, but if this deal goes through, they're going to keep uh, over $2 billion in assets to continue on uh, with their their business. The One of the insurance companies, Hartford, has uh, over $7 billion in liability for the insurance it wrote. It's going to get out of this uh, uh, case by paying $780 million. So this is an example. Yeah, we're talking, again, to attorney Christopher Hurley about the the Boy Scout settlement and and how I wasn't aware how kind of woefully low it is. So is this being driven by, I mean, I'm going to assume, and because this is what you do, the last thing insurance companies want to do is pay out a penny more than they have to. So 
this is being whittled down, negotiated down, because I didn't think the Boy Scouts had that much in actual assets to pay this off. Yeah, the Boy Scouts are actually quite quite a wealthy organization. They have uh, over... The, the national organization doesn't have as much anymore because of the way it's been mismanaged. But the local councils, including uh, you know Chicago's Pathway to Adventure, has over $26 million in assets just here in Illinois. There are 250 local councils. They're all part of the Boy Scouts. And as a group, they have almost uh, uh, $3.3 billion in assets. And they're being asked to pay on this settlement just six hundred million dollars. So they're going to be left with over two and a half billion dollars. Uh, you know, you can imagine if you go bankrupt because you you know spend all your time and money in Las Vegas, and then when the your creditors come to to collect your Cadillac, you just say no, I'm going to keep that. And that's yeah. basically what's happening here. Wow. Well, again, I'm not understanding why. I'm not. Why would anyone? You know, before this, and and can um, can these victims just go out on their own and file yeah, well, suits? Do you think most of the victims are going to say no to this settlement? Well, that's the problem with the bankruptcy system. I mean, the scouting organizations and the insurers are using the bankruptcy system to protect themselves from lawsuits in court. Mm-hmm. So once a once a company files for bankruptcy. Uh, we're no longer, you know, the lawyers and the, and the victims are no longer allowed to sue them in court. There's a stay. Mm. And so we have to wait for the bankruptcy to be resolved. And then the bankruptcy is really just a giant negotiation. And it's a, it's basically to the Boy Scouts and these insurance companies, it's a transaction. But to the victims, this is, uh, we're talking about young, young men whose lives have been ruined by this. And they don't have access to the court the way they used to. So, the you know what the what the system does is it creates this incredible delay, which puts people in a position of becoming desperate. I have clients who are getting old, they're dying, they're ill, they don't have time to wait, and the mm-hmm. insurance companies know that, and so the longer they they delay it, uh, the more desperate people become, and they're hoping that they that the victims grab at this this. It's really an adequate settlement. Yeah, trying to wait them out. Thank you for your, your insight into this, and uh, I would say please continue, keep fighting the good fight, sir. Thanks. Happy to do it. We Thanks, appreciate guys. it. That's uh, Attorney Christopher Hurley, uh, the, the, uh, the Boy Scouts, willing to pay what sounds like a huge number until you figure it out per victim, and you're like, well, that doesn't sound like a yeah. lot of money for sexual abuse, uh, uh, rape of the, the minors, kids. Listen, yeah. I, I, I was, I was a Boy Scout. Well, I started, Cub Scout. Yep. We below. Yeah. Remember we belows. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and Boy Scout and went through that system, that tier, if you will. Thankfully, never nothing inappropriate, for goodness sakes, uh, uh, happened. And I, I always thought of it as as such a positive. I, I just don't see how they recover from this either. I mean, you know, well, they when recover you know, with, you know, two billion dollars in assets. That's right. That the, well, and they're hoarding their assets and they're hiding it from the victims. Um, where have we heard that before? Yeah. Oh, that's right. The church, mm. Catholic church. So that's where they learned it from. Right. That's that's how you how you're dealing with it. So that story is uh, far from over. And I, I, I understand why uh, he's saying they're telling their clients who are, are part of this. No, say no yeah. to this settlement. Uh, you get you got a much better chance of of. Of, of getting some true justice and some true, um, a true settlement, something that's a little more 
appropriate appropriate mm-hmm. is the word than nineteen grand. Yeah, and not that that's not a lot of money, but seriously, that you haven't ever heard that this it, this person of, was sexually yeah. assaulted and they got a nineteen thousand yeah. dollars settlement. But you go. Really? And it's not about the money, right? No. It's about the punishment and yeah. how how is the organization being punished? They're like, yeah, go ahead, we'll give you this because it's a dro- you know drop in the bucket compared to what we have. The Field of Dreams. Do you remember? Wasn't that long ago? We had the actual baseball game. The White Sox played yeah. in the uh, cornfield, if you will, out in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, um, Dyersville, Iowa. Again, middle of nowhere, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sox won that game. It was outstanding. Like, yeah, it was a great game. It yeah. was, and it was win. really cool, and yeah, literally the cornfield and all that stuff. Well, former White Sox great mm-hmm. Frank Thomas has bought the darn thing, Judy. Yeah, um, he's bought a controlling interest in the company that owns the property. Um, so the company called Go the Distance Baseball. Yeah. Um, didn't reveal the price. I'm going to say it was a lot because it's the Field of Dreams, right? It includes the movie set in Dyersville, uh, the nearby field where the Sox and Yankees played um, back in August, and the surrounding property. I, I got to imagine. Great idea, right? I got to imagine. Now I want to go. You could rent that thing out. Think about like a corporate excursion, you know, you want to play baseball. We're going to have a a deal. These team building events. We're going to play softball or baseball. On the actual field of dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd have people lined up for that. I'd do that. Well, and didn't we talk about how, like, do young kids even know what the field of the movie? But this have. will keep it in in the forefront forever, right? Field you of dreams. Hope. Yeah. So you you probably they should make people watch the movie when they go there. I don't. I didn't see it. when they did this, but I don't know if there were plans to go back and play like. They ought to play like a game there every year. I was just going to say that. It seems like they spent that much money putting I, that field together. Yeah, I think they, they are. Should. Now, from now on, they, they are should play, play a, a game a year. Yeah. Kind of like how outside hockey does the outside one yeah. game a year. Yeah, that they need to do that. Yeah, rotate that next. through. Yeah, they yeah. need to do that for goodness sakes. That'd be really cool. See Frank Thomas buy that. So, um, if you build it, you will come. All right. So, if the Bears build it, will you come? <laughs> Right? Uh, Arlington Heights, obviously, all week long, everyone's been talking about this. But count me as one who is, I I have no skin in this game. And if the Bears want to move, knock yourselves out. Okay? So, full stop, period. Okay? I just don't want to pay for it. I don't like the idea that Chicago had to pay for the last stadium upgrades to, quote, keep the Bears there. And taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for whatever the Bears want to do. I'm hoping that we've gotten to a tipping point. Because for decades, professional sports teams specifically could hold a city's head underwater and get them to hand over taxpayer dollars to build this palace so the billionaire owners of the team had a nice new place where their millionaire players could play in, all on my dime. I don't get that. How, why Why would that ever even have started? Because there was a sense of pride that went along with the team, and the teams would threaten to leave. And politicians learned it's a hell of a lot easier to steal taxpayer dollars and give it to them than it is to be the mayor who lost the team. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you didn't want to be that person. 
Why didn't you keep the team? We saw it over and over again when these teams started moving around. But why these teams are so they make a ton of money? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why? What the Bears are worth about three and a half billion. In what world did they say, "Hey, why should we pay for our own stadium?" As long Let's as the cities are willing to ridiculous. do it, why would why oh wouldn't you? No, I'm just mad. and they play the cities against each other. Well, you know they're going to mm-hmm. give us some money. I mean, I you know. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. you know, even inside the, the municipalities, the yeah. for, we could go over part? here, you know, I mean, you don't have to leave the city. You could go to another township or whatever. That, well, they're going to give us the land for free. Well, they're going to give us a, a tax break. Well, they're going to, you know what I'm saying? You get all these things. And so they play each other. Well, let's hope this happens. We have lawmakers now, right? State lawmakers who are pushing uh, some legislation on the state level that would prevent and block taxpayer dollars going for a new stadium. Good. Yay. They should be that for all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Full stop, period. They haven't asked for any money from the state, but they're anticipating, so they're already doing it. And you know what? Good. Because there's been all the studies are done. Look them up yourselves. Here's what happens. Stop me if you've heard this before. We're going to build this brand new stadium. It's going to be taxpayer dollars. We're going to spend $2 billion or whatever. Billion dollars of your money. But look at all the benefits you're going to get. Look at the, look at the, uh, uh, the income tax, the bait. And we economists have gone back and looked at it and go, yeah, that was a really bad deal. Like that never paid off. Yeah, that new right? stadium. They get never, to keep all the money. Yeah. It's never a good deal. How about this? I, I was, Semi-stunned to learn the rent the Bears pay for Soldier Field. Yeah. Because, again, they don't own the stadium, Mm -hmm. so they pay rent for it. Now, keep in mind, the Bears get to keep parking and concessions. Obviously, ticket sales. So the way the NFL works is kind of bizarre. Ticket sales go into a kind of a pool, and they divvy it up and all this. But So ticket sales are kept by the team as well, are kept by the NFL in that sense. Again, what did Chicago get? $6 million a year. Period. There's no, there were, they did, Bears fans don't come to the city and stay all day. They go to the game and they leave. There's nothing around there that they do. So the city gets nothing. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, except for $6 million. $6 million dollars a year, which sounds piddly. Minuscule. Right? That's probably what the Bears make on, you know, one ad. Well, I'm just. During the game. You know, yeah. but I mean, the point being is that it's not. It's not like some big money loser. Yeah. Now, the money loser part was the hundreds of millions they spent to land the spaceship on top of the <laughs> memorial, you know, uh, on top of Soldier Field, on yeah. this, 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 you know, Roman Coliseum looking oh, place. It wasn't that. We only owe about 400 million left. Us, we, by that, I mean taxpayers. Right. And that bill, and those bills don't come due to like 2032. Why? So that the people that made the deals are Dead buried by the time the bill comes up. Mm-hmm. It's all part of a scam. I hope this works. Listen, if the Bears want to build, they want to move and build a stadium, I'm all for it. But pay for it yourself. Yeah. I, why should I have to pay for it as a taxpayer when you still charge me to get in the game? Okay, yeah. do I get in for free? Right. Do I own do I it? Show my show I, my I tax own, bill I and own say part of Soldier Field. Yeah. What part do I get in for? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you can't have it both ways. We should not have public funding of sports stadiums. 
the NFL is a hell of a business. It okay. does just fine. It doesn't need taxpayer dollars. So let's hope that uh, uh, these le- legislators get that that piece to pass. Our buddy Cam Buckner is behind that too. A football player, but he knows. Yeah. No tax dollars. We don't have enough of it that we can buy build new stadiums for billionaires. Literally, it's it's difficult to find research and data in real time. Things are fluid and they're always moving. But one of the concerns or questions or debates has been: Do masks work in schools? You know, one of the things I've asked over and over again is. And I don't think we have an exact answer is what specifically caused the rise in children testing positive, hospitalized, et cetera, ICUs, children's hospitals for COVID year over year. Um, school appears to be kind of the only variable that changed from homeschooling, uh, distance learning to being packed back into school seems I can't think of anything else that's fundamentally different that would cause kids to go to a, a hospital uh, in 2021 over 2020, uh, right. September. Um, we know being in groups yeah, is a, a huge indicator that you might get COVID because you're in a group and it's extremely, extremely spreadable. Are, are masks, though, effective? We actually have a bit of a a test group, call it the state of Arizona, where there are some mask mandates, some non-mask mandated schools. So you can actually take a look at, well, in the same community, what does it look like? Right. Well, that's one of multiple studies which now show and have shown, uh, according to the CDC, that masks are effective. They effectively slow the virus transmission and prevent school closures. All right. So in the schools where there are no masks, they're like three and a half times more likely to have a lot more cases and have to shut down than schools which require masks. Okay, so that is the mask side. Testing is another piece of this. And Chicago Public Schools has been, I don't know what the word I want to use is. It's, it's been a little convoluted in, in how they communicate and in what they're doing. Starting today, starting today, October 1st, that's important, uh, Chicago Public Schools will now start testing all the students. You have to have a permission slip to do it, uh, a parent's permission to test. Now, they wanted to make this clear. This isn't, gee, I think I'm sick. I'm going to go to school to get tested. This is testing kids who show no Symptoms, no signs or whatever. So if they haven't been testing all the kids, well, they haven't. We know that. And we see the numbers we see. Is it fair to assume that once they start testing everyone, the number start going up? Isn't that a self-fulfilling prophecy? Maybe, because uh, don't forget, some people who test positive for COVID show no symptoms. Agreed. So, but I... And that doesn't mean you're going to get sick either. And I'm going to assume up until this point, kids who were sick, they were doing something, taking their temperature, noticing they were sick, and sending them for testing. It's not like they weren't testing anyone. We know they've we know that they've had several cases of COVID. About a thousand and, students have yeah, tested positive so, since the start of the school year. Right, what, six weeks ago. So whether the school tested them or they said you need to go get tested, they testing. But was you're making ongoing. the assumption that everyone 
who had a sniffle, a cough, or a fever got tested for COVID. I I don't think that's I I, I don't think that's true. No I way. think a kid who comes to school and is coughing or sneezing got tested. <laughs> that's my feeling. Anyway, I don't know, but I'm thinking anyone who who showed any symptoms probably was tested, and that's how they determined that they did or did not have COVID. I'm I'm prepared for the bump in numbers as they start testing. Well, don't forget, it's not mandatory. You don't have to. They're not, like you said, not everyone's going to get tested. And I bet a lot of parents are going to say, no, you're not going to test my child at school for whatever reason. Okay, so, okay, why wouldn't you want your kid tested for COVID at school? But what would be the argument? I'm dead serious. That you don't even want them tested. I'm not talking about vaccinating. Yeah. I'm not, you don't even want them tested. No, I refuse to have my child tested I, for I, COVID. I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe a parent can let us know. 312-591-8900. I have no idea. I'm just saying based on... I don't want to know. I don't want to know. know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Many parents don't want their kids to wear masks. Many parents... Yeah, but that's not what this is about. Yeah, what is it about? It's about testing for COVID. I, I don't know. People... I am. If it were me, they don't care if their I, kid's sick. They're like, I, I don't want. Yeah. Or maybe they because just COVID, maybe they don't tell want me. to get them tested. Yeah, right. Maybe they don't trust the test. Maybe they don't like the way they're testing. I don't know what test they're going to use. Unlike many of the other schools that were using the shield, I don't believe CPS was one of them. No. So I don't know what kind of testing. Well, you see what the the real world impact of it is because you just have to go to, to about what Olympia Fields, roughly where. Rich Township High School, that's District 227. Oh, they must have a, a thrilling song. District 227, we love you. <laughs> um, Hopefully they don't. Um, they had COVID cases at two different campuses, which constitutes the district. So they're sending everyone home for two weeks, closing the school and going back to remote learning. And parents didn't have... A lot of time. As a matter of fact, they got a letter last night saying, "Don't come today." <laughs> Thanks for the heads yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of parents, my guess, were scrambling for that, right? Yeah. I this whole story, I don't really understand it. There are two cases, unless they those two k those two people didn't know they were sick, or or as we know, supposedly maybe one of them was sick, knew it was. He was sick or that he had tested positive and still walked around the school. I don't know why you're closing the entire school. It seems I think they were two. Were they both football extreme. players? Extreme. Yeah. At least one was a football player. Hey, John, in Crystal Lake, what's the concern of having your child tested for COVID? If you read the labels on these tests, the manufacturers will even tell you that they haven't been approved by the FDA and they're not 100% accurate. The number of false positives... It, 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 it's so insane that we then isolate people who have no real symptoms, but because a test said they were positive. It's ridiculous. Mm. And so you're, you're concerned about, you, you, even if they were testing your kid and it was a false positive, all of a sudden, now your, your kid has to be kept home. Exactly. And, and the bigger picture here, the bigger question that no one seems to want to answer, what is the end goal? Do we think that somehow we're never going to have a case of somebody being sick? And if you look at the number of children, and it's a tragedy if a child dies in any case. Sure. It's so small. The number in a year and a half is somewhere around 600. And look at what we're doing to children for that. 
No. Okay. I, 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 I get what you're saying. Hey, I've got John, another John. This one in Wheaton. John, how many kids do you have, John? I got seven kids. Dear God oh, in heaven, would you slow down a little bit? What are you trying to do here? You got your own volleyball team yeah, going. He does. Exactly. <laughs> tell me, tell me one of your concerns with your your seven kids. That sounds like a full time job and a half. It is. I I got to tell you, ages between three and twenty two. Our last our oh. last three are adopted. So okay. First four biological. By the way, good for you for adopting. Thank you for that. No, no problem. Hey, you're creating a logistical nightmare. If one of my kids is test positive, then I've got to react with all my other kids, keep them back from school, try to go through all the protocols, and it's a nightmare where kids are not displaying any mm-hmm. illness, right? So you're, you're just creating a logistical nightmare for something that is so you know, non-lethal. So I just, it's just my opinion. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. Well, with seven kids, though, I... I I get what he's saying yeah. from a standpoint of one kid test positive. We got six others we got yeah. to deal with all of a sudden. I mean that. that I mean, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I get the I, I practical point. Sides. The practical mm-hmm. point as a parent who says we still got to get to work in the morning. We still got to go do this, whatever it might be. How do you? How do you? How do you react so quickly to such dramatic things out yeah. there? So I am uh, uh, very concerned when they talk about. Uh, shortages in things, I don't get very, uh, you know, I can always substitute something. There is no substitute for bacon. Yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. last weekend, bacon. last weekend, I was at the racetrack. We camped out at the racetrack. Nice. Okay. We had big RVs. It's not like regular camping. <laughs> Lamping. Out. Okay. Yes. It was very uh, much so. I had a fake fireplace in my RV. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You turned it on in like the little red thing and, uh. and, and it, it, blew, it was the heater, yeah. but it looked like, uh, anyway. Um, we had breakfast one morning and we made bacon, mm. lots of bacon. Nick, mm. flip that over, will you? Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to use okay. one of my favorite lines, which is when they were coming around going, would you like some more bacon? I said, has any human ever said, at least I haven't, Woo, no more bacon for me. <laughs> I said, there, I've never, ever yeah. said that. Yeah. Would you like more bacon? What do you think would I like more bacon? But the price of bacon has gone through the roof, Judy. It's the most expensive it's been in 40 years. Four and zero. I can attest to that. I was at the store yesterday. Oh, okay, so you, you see Not just any this. store, but Walmart. All which, right. let's face it, let's just assume has fairly good yeah. deals, right? Yeah, you That's would what think. they're known for. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I need some bacon. Walked over there, eight dollars. Okay, Ooh, you're gonna have pound. to give me a. You're gonna again. It's I normal, just don't. I, I normally bacon. I normally pay between four and five dollars because I'm a good consumer. But probably six, maybe Jesus paid six dollars, which is a yeah. high. Yeah, it's yeah. Normal For a bacon. Pound of bacon. That's a package, yeah. right? You could. I mean, there. Okay. I've I, seen them before. I recall just in the past few years. Where when Jewel, the Jewel would have a good sale, you could get a pound of bacon on sale for 99 cents. What? Eight dollars. Eight bones. I, of course, three of us were standing there looking at it, and we all walked away and didn't buy any. I'm well, not paying eight dollars for a pound of bacon. I want to know what, what's going on with the piggy piggy oinkoinks. What, 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 yeah. what exactly why is happening? bacon? Yeah. I'll tell you why, because it's popular. So, it appears that some of it's because of panic buying. That people that are worried about running out of bacon 
<laughs> have been have been stocking I am up. I'm going to go over to Bruce's place today and open your freezer because you I don't seem have to be one there. of those. Oh, really. no, oh, stocking up on things? On bacon? No. Mm. No. Really? My freezer? It's got chicken nuggets in it. He's like, so chef, you can freeze bacon? I I've think got chicken nuggets. Yeah, I didn't I've know. probably yeah. got about six pounds of bacon. For oh, six pounds of bacon? I'm on my way to Nick's house. I've got no. a half a pound bacon left. Part. I'm going to have to buy it sooner or later because I can't live without bacon. <sighs> or can I? No, but there's no substitute for bacon. There you can is. substitute there's other turkey thi- bacon. Okay, that is an abomination <laughs> unto the Lord. It's Don't not, you dare bring it's up not turkey horrible. bacon. It's isn't it in a pinch? Isn't it? Yeah, it's not. The, it's not that great. But I, I'll eat it and tell myself it's bacon. <laughs> I just realized when I go to brunch, my plate. It literally has a mountain of bacon oh, yeah. on it. Oh, when you go to like the, 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 the Sunday buffets, or you go there, and they have that thing of bacon. Oh yeah. What do you yeah. take the whole container? You take like, the whole thing. Right I, out of the, no, I just eventually it's time to leave, but I eat the bacon the entire <laughs> time, and then they're like, "Okay, you know what? We got to go." The, the brunch ended two hours ago. I go, yeah, but I still have bacon. I need some bacon I to go. Put bacon on anything. It makes everything. Everything. Better. Everything. It, my toothpaste. It I, literally whatever. makes everything better. <laughs> Anything I put really in my mouth, I can have bacon on. Can I have bacon on there? So I need to go start hoarding bacon, apparently, because well, they're no, saying not because... only is the price high, but that it probably won't go down anytime soon. So hoarding, but what else, really? I think we've got It's got to be like pigs. processing plants, and mm, it has to do with workers. that. Oh. Right? Back to that again. Hey, Jamie in uh, Glendale Heights, how are you today? Good. Good morning. Good morning, Jamie. Jamie, do you know the two songs that DJ Cheese scrambled up for us? I believe I do. Yep, hit me. Thank God it's Friday, and Friday I'm in love. There you nice. go. I think nice. I'm picking up on a theme. See? It's Friday. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's excited as well. You should be. Hey, Jamie, congratulations. You got yourself a pair of tickets to go see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra celebrating 25 years of Christmas Eve. Another story. Uh, other stories are going to be at the Allstate Arena Thursday, December 23rd. Oh, just in time for the holidays, right? Outstanding. What a day. What a day it'll be. Jamie, thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend, Jamie. Will do. Thanks, guys. Outstanding. All right. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. How bad is it? It's been pretty darn bad. I got to tell you, when you look at the numbers, especially, Judy, when you look at kind of year to year, because that's the way you would you would want to do that, right? It is nothing short of shocking. 200, nearly 200 this year. So there were 128 in 2020. Reported shootings. In 2020, right. On Chicago Expressway. Yeah. But I mean, even before that, there were fewer. Uh, Two years ago, it was 40. Yeah, it's not fair to compare to. Yeah, it is. Because for some reason, even during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. shootings went way up in 2020. And now they're unbelievable. Well, you went from one a week to five a week. Yeah, 185 as of Thursday. What changed? What's different over the last couple of years on Chicago expressways? I can remember when it was an odd thing. No uh, more. Joseph, calling from the south side. You're also a, a sheriff, I take it. Yes. So here's why we have Tell such, me. An increase, such an increase in the problem. When you have people who have multiple UUWs, unauthorized use of a weapon. Mm-hmm. They go into the turnstile down a county, and the judges 
um, and I blame this on the failed policies of the sheriff and the judges and the state's attorney, because when all you do is slap the wrist of those people who are habitual, 10, 12, 20, when I look up the record and I see that they're uh, back out in the street for the exact same thing, they can cut those uh, EM bands off, the electronic monitoring, and the GPS, they're worthless. The only people that should be on those should be the people who are jaywalking or doing the um, uh, shoplifting. That's nonviolent. Nonviolent stuff, right. But if you have a gun, it, un, again, what's it called? Un, unauthorized use of a weapon. You, you, what did you call it again? UUW. Yeah. Um, but why not? Why? Why all but of a Justin, sudden? Yeah, that's did my used point. to happen? Did, did something change to where we see literally, it's not an exaggeration, five times the amount of shootings on the expressways than we did just a couple of years ago? Yes. Um, I, the, the process of these criminals and the ones who are shooting um, uh, unlawfully, mm-hmm. the, when they know that all they're going to get is a slap on the wrist. They go and increase their um, crime, and I see it every day. Yeah, are so, are, are we are we? And, and I'm I'm just these are my questions. I don't know. Again, we're talking to a, a Joseph, a, a Cook County Sheriff. Um, are are they being maybe chased is the wrong word? Are, are are they leaving their communities because there's too much of a police presence, and then heading out onto expressways and driving other areas, thinking? It's easier to get away with things? Well, if you look at, in answer to your question, I believe that they think that they can get away with what they're doing. I'm really glad that they decided to put these cameras on the expressway. Okay. Because nobody should be an innocent bystander now fighting for their life because they had no, um, they had no say right. on them getting accidentally shot. That's horrific. Are people are people more aggressive on the roads? Do you do you get a sense that there's been some sort of a huge uptick in aggressive driving? Because I'm trying to think of also kind of the root of what causes someone to shoot at another car driving down the Dan Ryan. Well, I think that um, the the fact that you don't the the system that they get sent into they as in anybody who enters Cook County system because it's not just black people, there's Spanish people, there's Asian people. Yes, the percentage is lower, but when you send them there and you don't give them a viable option, you don't teach them how to be a carpenter. Carpenters make a lot of money. Um, you, you don't give them an opportunity to be a pipe fitter. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of money. The, um, even the people who hold the, uh, the flagman, they have a union. They make $40 an hour holding the slow and stop sign. Right. Now that's, that's good money to stand there and just flip a sign around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, when, you, when you're not um, willing to invest in an actual legal trade and, you know, the, 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 flow, of, um, the, the flow of drugs that continue to come here, yeah. it's, not, it's not about a gun. I could lay my gun on my kitchen table, and if I never pick it up, that gun, it will never be operated. Never it will never hurt never anybody, right. It will never hurt anybody. 
It's the person who decides to put their finger inside that trigger guard and pull the trigger. Understood. Joseph, thank you for your call. Be safe out there, by the way. All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Cook County Sheriff. But I still didn't get to the bottom. I'm, I'm, st- I'm, I'm not blaming him. What changed? 2019, 40-something expressway shootings. No, what? It, we, the question is what changed in the criminal justice but system so, am, so am I going to believe charging? that these are all, that it's not? What do we have? One hundred and eighty-five year to date that they've all are repeat offenders. Like I find it hard to believe that that's true. Uh, I'm sure some really? of them are. I I would say the majority are. They go out and they're just every week yeah, they're out shooting. Sure. That's we. So every it's time only about thirty someone, people out there just shooting all the all the time. No, but there are a lot of people who are repeat offenders now. Yeah, right? we have a lot more criminals. But mm-hmm. when when they arrest them, we find out they generally generally have a record well they're i not, think part of the problem is they're not arresting them yeah they're, they're not finding them the the, the freeway shootings the, the, this is not a but when they do they are almost always repeat offenders for freeway shootings for i'd every, love to see that everything. statistic yeah, yeah. well uh, the freeway shootings are mostly happening by i mean it's not just some guy first or girl first time ever shooting a gun i don't know someone that. who's uh, yeah, that's an they've assumption made, I don't. I just no, haven't they've made. made enough. Um, they've made enough arrests and yeah. expressway shootings to know. No doubt that the numbers again through the roof. You go uh, almost five times what they were just a couple of years ago. Just a couple of years ago, hmm. not a decade ago, not back in the seventies. Yeah. You know, back in the olden days, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> you know, good grief! You can uh, find uh, the Bruce A. James Show anywhere where fine and mediocre podcasts are found so just we could i just want to i want to tamp down expectations also a reminder right now we are on facebook live just go to wls.com oh my god mm-hmm. so not only can you i would have done my hair you can hear us and see us i would have dressed better uh but you know what we do have a great opportunity to talk about some food Boop. And joining us right now is uh, Kate Merrill. Kate is the owner of Edge of Sweetness. Oh, I love the name already. Yeah. Already there, as well as Rudy Flores, who's executive director of the Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce. Well, why are they here? It's because it's Apple Fest time. Da da! Welcome to both of you. Thank you for being here. Whoops! Hold on. Turn the mics on. There we go. Hey, there thanks we for having us. Now I can hear you. I was going to say, that's really muted, isn't it? Uh, first off, tell us a little bit, uh, Rudy, about, about Apple Fest. How long has it been going on? And, and but did you do it last year? Yeah, we did not do it last year. Sure. I can understand why. Yes. So it's been going on for 34 years. Okay. Wow. And um, it started off as just this little like block party. Uh, if you're familiar with Lincoln Square, the heart of Lincoln Square has that little plaza. Mm-hmm. There was Cafe Sal Marie that would be involved in just doing some apple pies. And it has grown to a full-fledged street festival that stretches on Lincoln Avenue from Lawrence Avenue to Wilson. And um, you get lots of farms, lots of restaurants doing apple-inspired dishes, lots of local businesses. It's just a really fun fall event. We bring the farm to the city is what we try to say. Oh, nice. And when you talk about apples, I mean, you can pretty much make anything with apples these days, right? Like, what are some of the more unique things people can get at the fest? Yeah, so Cobblestone's a new restaurant in the neighborhood, and they're doing an apple potato soup. 
What? So that's something that's pretty interesting. And then we have Tamales Express, which is doing apple tamales. No, they're not. What? No, they're yeah, not. Yeah. And okay, that, that sounds <laughs> really good. Like, we, tamale. No, yeah. they're not. <laughs> we try to have people just be creative. So yeah. Might not, wait, you, you might not get that in their restaurant, but, you know, on the street at the festival, that's something that you're going to get. Well, I mean, people obviously go there for the apples, right? It's Apple Fest, so oh, they want their apples. Exactly. So you have, we have four different farms that are going to be there. McClug Farms is one of our uh, longstanding ones that have been in our um, community for a long time and they have i think up to 10 12 different varieties of apples that they're going to be bringing to the festival and so that's what's really awesome these are all local farms from western michigan from northwest indiana from kankakee that are going to be on site so you're getting really fresh midwest apples and, and to be clear the lincoln square ravenswood apple fest it's going on this weekend we're talking about saturday sunday that you'll be able to do it and and kate is here with edge of sweetness first off tell me a little bit about edge of sweetness well i'm glad that everybody loves the name so i love the name (laughs) um it is actually the name is a nod to the neighborhood because we are in edgewater Oh. And we are a local bakery. We pride ourselves in making the best handmade baked goods. So everything's made by hand in-house. And we serve it with a personal touch because that means a lot to me. So. As well it should. Yeah. yeah. And talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing for Apple Fest. So you were inspired by this. You you put your, your crew to work on this. Yes. Yeah. So we're so excited to be part of the event. Um, we have We are famously known for our cinnamon rolls. And so we've adjusted them a little bit to make them apple cinnamon rolls. Mm. So we have now that works completely. Yes, yeah. So How and can they're I really good. For cinnamon rolls, <laughs> by the way. Is that even an option? Could you I can be become, famous for cinnamon? You cinnamon can be rolls? famous for eating cinnamon. Oh, yes. God. There you go. Your mouth to God. Um, so yeah. So we have that. We're making some apple crisp, and we have we're. We are doing an, uh, another fall item, which is pumpkin bread. Okay. And uh, apple pies, of course. Of mm. course. And yeah. you br- you actually brought some things with you today. We did. We brought some apple crisps for you and Yum. some pumpkin bread. Ooh, Look can't at that. wait. All okay, right. I got to ask. Best apple. Which one? Oh. And I know there are different Honey ones crisp. for, okay, there are no, different ones for baking. <laughs> that was a look yeah. of, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. Because you know what? They're really good. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, probably Honeycrisp is my favorite. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask what yours was. Yeah. yeah. But is, aren't there different apples for that you use for baking, different apples that you would just want to crunch on? I, you know what I mean? There, the different textures. There are for sure. Um, I, I actually go against a lot of, a lot of baker's rules. Um, I, I love being, it. Being, being, a home, being a home baker. Yeah. Um, so I, would prefer to use sweeter apples and then not use as much sugar. Oh, okay. And yeah. so um, I, sugars, I use yeah. the red the red apples when baking versus, you know, the green Granny Smith, which is people usually use those for pies and stuff like that. They like the tart with the sweet, which is great, and that's a flavor in itself. But I tend to use the red ones. Rudy, you mentioned a couple of the, of the restaurants and the interesting things. How many total uh, restaurants are you going to have? Vendors, if you will, and is there... Is there is there beverages also? I'm trying to beat you yes, to the punch. Yeah, our beverages. <laughs> yeah, so we have uh, probably about a dozen different restaurants, um, a little over fifty different small businesses, and that's what our neighborhood's really known sure. for is the small business community. Um, and then we have a lot of hard ciders, so that's what's really mm. fun too. Is that you know over the years <laughs> Chicago has been known for craft breweries, but we also have cideries. So the Northman, the Northman right Wait, here. It's called a cidery. A cidery. Yes, I was today years old when I learned that was called a cidery. <laughs> I think I, it's a cidery. I, I think it is. <laughs> 
yeah. make and if it it's that not, it's so fantastic. A cidery. Right? Why wouldn't it uh, be a cidery? Good yes, for it's you. Keep going. Uh, so the North Bend Pub right here in the Riverwalk, uh, you know, they got their startup in our neighborhood, so they, ha- they have their own uh, cider that they make that's going to be at the festival. Um, we have Eris uh, Cidery. Uh, cider House? Cider? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe either or. I'm I don't cidery. Know. Cidery. Eris is going to be at the festival um, with um, Bottles and Cans, a local business. And so they're over on Irving Park by the Kennedy. Um, we also have um, Ripey Cider, which is over in Hermosa. That's going to be partnering with the Chopping Block. Um, so, yeah, you can also get regular non-alcoholic cider, of course. Um, but it's fun. Judy's not interested in anything. You're wasting your breath on uh, non-alcoholic. And we also yeah. have an Appy Taffel. Appy? Appy? Sorry. Uh, yes. Just say it the apple, Chicago way. It's taffy. a taffy apple. No, but that's taffy a special apple. brand. Taffy yes. Taffy Tapple makes taffy apples. Yeah. Yes. And they're partnering. <laughs> they partnered with Phase 3 Brewery to do a special beer that <gasps> we're going to have at the Ooh. festival. So limited quantities. Okay. Now, so. And we were talking about alcohol, but really, this is a, such a family event, right? Oh, it's yes. It's a great place to bring the kids. Yes. We have an entire like kids' schedule of entertainment. We have jugglers and uh, magicians and Old Town School of Folk Music is doing like their wiggle worms and we'll have like sing-alongs and stuff like that. We have Timeless Toys, which is a 25-year-old toy store in our community. They're also programming um, with stuff. We have stilt walkers and stuff like that. So um, So it's a fun Help me out with the... uh, So it's Saturday and Sunday. What are the times? Yep, It's 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on both of those days. We're right off the Western Brown Line Station. Um, And so, um, yeah, we're easy to get to. Apple Fest, it is here. It is ready. I love this time of year. <laughs> I mean, really, it's that it just gets me going. I love anything Apple too. Really, it's just mm-hmm. such a great, great uh, event. And there, you know, they happen everywhere, but it's great when it happens right in Chicago. Yeah, I do like that. And because you know, you want you can go to the farm and pick your apples. No, not so much. <laughs> I'd rather pick them right up at the uh, <laughs> bring the farm here. to you. Bring yes. the farm to you, Rudy. Thank you for your time, Kate. Thank you. Yeah, thank By you. the way, so much. famous for cinnamon rolls. Yeah, love that. Boom. Love it. That is a title I'm going to have to work hard <laughs> to to reach. I really do want to get there. The Lincoln Square Ravenswood Apple Fest going on this weekend. All right. Can be, do we, is there a website people find more information? Yeah, applefestchicago.com. Hello? Wow. Applefestchicago.com. I probably could have guessed that if I yeah. tried. Haunted houses are so passe. They're so 2020. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. As we are officially into October... So we can start reasonably talking about Halloween without sounding too crazy. Um, how into it do you want to get? Here's why I say that. Are you familiar with the um, the Scream movie series? It's, okay, so which one? I don't watch scary movies. I, I, I Listen, I do movie reviews. Yeah. But I don't see scary movies. I draw the line at that. Never seen one. Because you're last, scared? Last scary movie I saw... <laughs> Was Wizard of Oz and those f- the monkeys? Very Forget scary. that noise. Yeah. The, the, the last scary movie I saw. Um, so, which one is Scream? This it is doesn't really with, matter. It's the, the white one mask. Yeah. That, like, oh, the like the droop, like yeah. the long face yeah. droopy white mask. Yeah, people okay. get I've killed never and then they scream. Have you seen the scary movie movies? The one where they make fun of scary movies? No, those yeah. are too scary as well. Oh, no, they're not. They're hilarious. Well, but I also don't get them because it references a bunch of movies I didn't see. Well, you don't. Just watch the first one. That's Scream, basically. It's really funny. Yeah, it is very mm. funny. Oh, you're right. And that is based on Scream. Sounds scary. Um, how would you like to stay in the house, the original Scream house, 
It's an Airbnb. Get out. It's in Northern California. And you hard no. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, hard yes. I'd sleep in the car before yeah. I stayed in that place. Hard It was no. just filmed there. It's not like it happened there. No, it's not like the it's Amity still got the juju. It's still got stuff going on there. No. I agree with Bruce on this one. No way. No, it's... Yeah. It's we had the psychic on. It's if you stayed in a house that you know was haunted because murders happened there, that would be different. The house itself is original to the film. Um, it has knife marks on the doors. <laughs> People trying to get out. Yeah, in. for the Airbnb. <sighs> There's a dedicated phone line inside the house if you want to reach Ghostface. That's the white the the. The white. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's thing. got a he's got a phone. So if you have questions or whatnot, you can you Love can call. Do they have snacks and drinks? Yes, there'll be snacks. All right, I'm in. They said they do kind of '90s snacks, so you got like Jiffy Pop, ice cream with Ready Whip. <laughs> it's only five dollars a night. Yeah, no, that's even sketchier now. <laughs> five. No. Okay, so I have a sneaking suspicion they're filming the new Scream movie and they're just trying to get suckers to show up, right? That's not going to happen. That's a great idea. I have a really, it's not a great idea. It's a horrible idea. I have a really idea. good Scream. It's a horrible idea. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. No, but I do. I have heard it before and it scared me. <laughs> when someone recorded it and I heard it on the radio, I was like, well, what? Are you getting ready, though, for trick-or-treating? Are you are you not going to go to the Scream House because you are a sane human being, but you are preparing for little trick-or-treaters. You're going to have a variety of little maggots showing up in a variety of different costumes looking for candy. We have the favorite Halloween candy by state. You can actually find out by state. So we obviously will look here. What is the favorite Halloween candy in Illinois? I buy it every year. You do? Yep, for Halloween. Airheads. Our boss is big into airheads. Yeah, I, mm. I like airheads, and I don't know, because I, then I can give a couple out, too, because they're kind of small. Wait, is that That's the number one candy? Yeah, Number one Illinois. candy in Illinois is airheads. Shit. Oh. I'm just I have no I'm idea. Happy I've never had them. Tootsie Pop. I've never had airheads. I don't know what it is. I come from Arizona where Kit Kats are at the top, and that is a proper mm. Halloween thing. I used to charge a Kit Kat tax. When I would take my goddaughters, <laughs> trick or treat. Why are you laughing? Oh, I can't. Oh, so you you take a Kit Kat from them? For one. Them trick or treating. Not one. There was a tax. There was a percentage <laughs> of tick of Kit Kats that I would get in order because their mom and dad would stay home to take care of the, yeah. the kids come there, and I would take the the girls around the neighborhood. But there was a Kit Kat tax. That was a, that was a rule. If you want to go like a Bruce, it's going to cost you some Tic Tac a Kit Kats. <laughs> That's the way it is. Um, it is interesting where you go. Kit Kats are very popular. Uh, Tootsie Pops are popular. Baby Ruth. So here's something. Oh my God, I the get. worst candy, Dum Dums. Come on. Well, here's California and Texas and Florida all have the same Jolly Ranchers. Oh, come on. Yeah. I think of that as like cop. That's a cop out yeah. when it comes to candy, right? Yeah. That's like giving away a Werther's. Same thing. Twix. There's a word that's original. Michigan and Wisconsin. Twix is pretty good. I'm not mad at Twix. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a close good. second to the Kit Kats. Candy, be a only Come one on. candy corn. Who gives out candy corn? Do they come Satanists? in packets? Or, or do you just throw them a little one candy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 
ridiculous. And for reasons unknown to anybody, Wyoming hands out Swedish fish more than oh, anybody else. Oh, my fave. Well, there's only like 12 people in Wyoming, but a bunch of them must be Swedish is my only guess. Might be one of the reasons, Dude. though, why you think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Tell you what, Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Speaking of food, mm-hmm. which candy is, in Vancouver, a new supermarket is opening to get unwanted food and produce into the hands of people who do want it or need it, thereby sparing it from being dumped into a landfill. Now, the rescued food market is offering surplus produce and food on a pay-what-you-feel basis. The source says 58% of all food produced in Canada becomes waste, whether it's over-ordering or canceled orders, the shape of the produce, or approaching best-before dates. They collected from wholesalers, grocers, and farms. Enormous amounts of CO2 are generated every year around the world from food decaying in landfills. So rescuing it not only saves money, yes, it saves the planet. Outstanding. That's a great idea, right? Hey, thank you for restoring faith in humanity, taking us out on the high. Uh, Judy does a great job of that at the end of every single show. You know who else does a good job? MG and the posse over there in Mission Control. They press all the buttons. They make things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, she's on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass. Appreciate her work today. DJ Cheese has been working those ones and twos all morning. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale. Don't worry, he's not going anywhere. He's got the news, the traffic, the weather, the information you need on your Friday as you head into the weekend. It's all coming up. Up next, right here on 890 WLS.